experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. The last few weeks, I've been talking about my view on the overall market. So today, I wanted to give you more specifics on what I've been buying for clients and myself. Let me just quickly recap my view of the markets. You can always go back and listen to the past two or three shows if you like. But I'd like to keep the show to about 10 minutes. That way, you can listen, hopefully get a usable idea or two, and then get on with your day. But basically. I think that the equity markets could be at the beginning of another leg up. But first, we need to get through this rocky patch. The rocky patch being the elections. And after we know the outcome, well, things will be more clear. For now, I think you use this period of volatility to your advantage. I think this is the time to get your portfolio for the next uh, ready for the next leg up. Let's start with the core holdings. When I talk about core holdings, these are companies I'm willing to nibble at, well, at almost any time. I'm less strict on the valuation with these names because I plan on holding them for a very, very long time. And whether I pay a couple of dollars more or less now probably isn't going to make much of a difference over the time that I plan on owning them for. Hopefully, they'll compound for years and years. And that's what core stocks are long-term compounders. I don't want to go crazy and buy them at any price, but I am a lot more lenient with them. So let's jump in. I'll start with Johnson & Johnson, symbol J&J. They just released earnings. And as I sit here looking at them, well, they're trading around $148 or down just about $3 for the day. If you didn't know any better, well, you would have thought that the earnings were just terrible, but they weren't. Revenues were up. Earnings on a non-GAAP basis were up, although they were down on a GAAP basis, and they upped their guidance. I think if you stretched it, you could say that their results were, eh, eh. I think the reason why the stock is down or the reacting the way it is today is because their phase three trial for the coronavirus vaccine got halted due to an unexplained illness from one of the participants. Now, clinical trial pauses, they aren't uncommon. And in some cases, they only last a few days. And I don't think a pause like this should be surprising, given that the size of the clinical trial is rather large, 60,000 participants. AstraZeneca, well, they also paused a test of their vaccine after one of their participants fell ill. And that study is resumed in some countries, but they remain halted here in the U.S. So let me be clear. This isn't unusual. Now, I'm not buying the drug stocks or the biotechs based on their prospects for a vaccine or their therapeutics for the coronavirus. I'm buying them because I like their businesses. In the case of J&J, if you only own one drug company, I think it should be Johnson & Johnson because they have the most diversified business model of them all. There are basically three parts to it, the pharmaceuticals, the medical devices, and the consumer products. And not all three are going to be doing well at the same time, very rarely. 
For example, this last quarter, you saw the pharmaceuticals doing well, but the medical devices were down about 5%. During the pandemic, well, people are putting off things like knee replacements. Having these three divisions, these three diverse revenue streams, give them an element of stability that some of the other drug makers don't have. Johnson & Johnson, well, they just have a fortress balance sheet. And I think that term might get overused sometimes, but in the case of J&J, I think it actually fits. Its credit rating, well, it's higher than the U.S. government. Think about that for a second. From a valuation perspective, it's trading at about 18 times this year's earnings guess and about 16 times what the analysts think that they'll earn next year. And that's about average looking back over the last 15 years. It also pays a dividend that's roughly two and three quarters percent. And they've been increasing that dividend for the last 57 years. I think this is one of the highest quality stocks you can buy. I'd also look at Merck, symbol MRK. Again, another high quality company, not as diversified as Johnson & Johnson, still a very good business. And I like to use value line because I think that it gives you a good overview of the numbers. And for most of you, the libraries have it and it's accessible. Anyhow, value line gives them all the highest marks for earnings, predictability, safety, and financial strength. If we believe the analysts and Merck earns what they think that they'll earn next year, then Merck is trading about as cheap as it has for the last seven or eight years. And if you like dividends, Merck is paying about 3%, and it looks pretty well covered to me. So I'd look at Merck too, symbol MRK. I always like owning more than one drug stock. Intel, symbol INT, or INTC, excuse me, is one that I've been talking about on and off for a while now. This looks interesting to me, down around $50. It's about 54 now. So if we get a pullback, $50, I'd look at Intel. That's about 10 times. Well, at $50, it's about 10 times earnings for another business that has a great balance sheet. We know balance sheets matter, has good earnings predictability. Intel is struggling, or should I say, continues to struggle with production as chips get smaller, they get more difficult to produce. And Intel hasn't seemed to solve that puzzle just yet. So what they decided to do is to outsource some of their production. This means that Intel will have lower capital expenditures, but we'll have to see if this outsourcing hurts their margins in a meaningful way. Even still, Intel earnings, well, they continue to increase. Last quarter, they were up 16% versus the year before. Now, going forward, I think those comparisons are going to get a bit tougher. So I wouldn't expect a big growth number like we just saw last quarter. What I think you're looking at here is a business that'll grow maybe high single digits over the next few years. Most likely it'll be lumpy. You'll have good quarters and bad quarters, but high single digits. And then you add in that dividend of about two and a half percent. You do that, and I think you end up with a pretty decent total return type story. Let's move away from the core type holdings. Over the last several months, I've been making the argument that investors should start looking at the industrial and material stocks and less and less 
at the big tech titans. One that I mentioned before is Caterpillar, symbol C-A-T. It's had a nice run here lately. It's up to about $162 a share. If some way, somehow, it came back to under, say, $140, I'd start buying Cat again. One of the industrials that is in my price range now is Raytheon, symbol RTX. Raytheon's business has been, or well, is pretty evenly split between defense contracting and aerospace. Obviously, the aerospace business is hurting because of the steep drop-off in air travel, but the defense segments are performing reasonably well. And here's an example of buying a business when things look ugly. If you think people are going to start traveling again, then you should see a quick ramp up in the jet engine business, which by my estimates are running right around break even right now. In the meantime, we're counting on the defense business to carry us through. And that's one of the reasons why I like Raytheon. It's because the business is pretty divided evenly. Most of their competitors are more heavily weighted one way or another. And oh yeah, they pay a three and a quarter percent dividend while I'm waiting. I like RTX under 60. Let me wrap this up with one more. This one is one that we recently started to buy. I bought it for myself. I bought it for my clients because I eat my own cooking. I started buying it about a month ago. It's Westco International, symbol WCC. Right now, it's trading about $46. Who are they? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's not a name most people typically recognize, but they are one of the leading industrial and electrical components uh, distributors that are around. And they recently acquired another company. And that combined company has sales right around 17 billion. The combined company has sales right around $17 billion with more than 800 locations in 50 countries. I like this idea of a merged company Because the industry, the electrical distribution market, it's fragmented, meaning there's a lot of small players. It's a $100 billion plus total market, and Wesco has a low teen share of it. That's the upshot. It's a big market with no real dominant player. I think this deal gives them the ability to grow and take market share away from the other competitors. The downside is, is that they have to execute this merger. They have to integrate everything in a very tough environment. They can do that. I think there's healthy upside in this thing. Okay, let's leave it there for today. We'll come back to Wesco another time. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. I'm Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. 
Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.